as your Wisconsin Badger basketball team fall to the Maryland Terrapins at the Kohl Center. Oh, my God. 70-64. to Not the prettiest defensively in the first half. Not the prettiest defensively in the second half. Jeez, mister. Yeah, the Badgers, Rowdy, um, make your free throws. I think, how long have we been talking about this and how nice it's been this year for the Badgers that they've actually been hitting their free throws? And then what did they do last night? Oh, my God, they shoot just barely above 50%. It's terrible, dude. Awful. Yeah, and you look at, they were shooting nearly 78% on the season from the free throw line. 53.3. Just, yeah, just over 53 last night. Terrible, dude. And then you got the guys soft on the glass, and they just you got guys that just can't play defense in the second half. And They didn't want to be, it looked like the they Big didn't want to be there. In the, they didn't. Maryland looked like they wanted to be there. Wisconsin looked like they were going through the motions. And defensively, the Badgers are so good on defense. You know, the past couple of games. And then to see that second half display, uh, that defense was bad. It was not good. As the Terrapins just... The Terrapins at one point... What, how many in a row did they make straight? It was like 11 straight they had made? Well, Maryland in the second half shot over 60% from the field. Yeah, the Badgers were just letting them do whatever they wanted down low. Um, the down low defense was so soft. They just let them go right in. And I don't know how many dunks and how many layups they had and how many times the Badgers. I'm like, do you guys even want to play defense? Maryland, you, you even saw on their bench of how excited and inspired they were and how you know electric they, they seemed. I wonder what it was like at halftime in their locker room. I bet you it was lit. And then you go look at the Badgers and they're just kind of like, we beat Michigan State on Christmas, man. Remember that? That was cool. Yeah, that, how, how good does that win look now? Uh, yeah, because Michigan State lost to um, who they lose to Minnesota. Last night? Yeah, Minnesota. Who Minnesota comes in to face the Badgers on New Year's Eve? Uh, I think that's right. And then yes, dude, it was l- last night. Was well, here's what you need to know down low for the Badgers. You have just Micah just. Potter and Nate Reavers. They combined for 12 points and 11 rebounds. If one of them plays all right, that's about their own normal stat line. Yeah, totally. Nate Reavers just, just, mm. Nate Reavers last night did not look like the Nate Reavers that uh, is going to win you the Big Ten or help you win he, the Big what Ten. What was he, third team, all Big Ten? Yeah. Yeah. Nate Reavers was, uh, did he get less physical? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Ever since they started making a big deal about him, about how he was, what, 10 blocks away from being the all-time leader in blocks for the Badgers. What you got? All he does is this Ole BS defense where he lets the guy go right around him and he tries to swat everything instead of playing straight up, hands up, physical defense, staying in front of people. Don't give me that Ole BS, Reavers. Yes, it's uh, it's it's like he loves that um, letting the guy blow by him and then he'll try to block him from behind. Like that's Nate Reavers' like go-to move. It's like, dude, this is Big Ten play. You got to get down and gritty and dirty. On the defensive end, you just can't let a guy blow by you so you can in hopes of blocking the ball when it comes off yeah, of his hand. You're the biggest guy on the court, and you're letting people go right around you. You're obviously not making that many blocks. You had none last night. And then on the offensive end, you fade away on almost every single jump shot. Yeah, the fadeaway jump shots for Reavers is tough because you can tell he's just like not confident, I would say, in his game that way. Um, I don't know. It's uh the Big Ten itself though is wild, but the Badgers, you look at that that win against Michigan State on the road. You hadn't won in the Breslin Center in 16 years, 
And that was kind of to me, it was like a, the Badgers planted down their flag saying, yo, we are here, come and take it from us. We are the champs. Well, then Maryland comes, Maryland Road Warriors, who like they haven't been home for, what they say in the broadcast, they haven't been home for like two weeks, something like that. They're like fired up, pumped up, inspired. They're, Maryland was balling last night. Maryland, Maryland had the athletes, had the ballers, had the desire to win, while Wisconsin basketball just was like, like I said a little bit ago, Hey, we uh we beat Michigan State on Christmas. You guys remember that? That was pretty cool. It's uh it was kind of a sad game. It was defensively the Badgers had pride themselves on their defense, and their second half defense just came up lame. One of the best defenses in the country for the Badgers shredded after halftime. Uh, Terrapins trailed thirty-one to twenty-four. Had missed eleven straight shots going back to the first half, but then uh, they'd made sixteen of their final nineteen shots. And most of them come either dunks or layups. Uh, of the 16, ready for this, Rowdy? Here's the stat. Of the 16 of 19 shots they made to close out the game, 13 of the 16 that they made, 13 of them were dunks or layups. That's called being soft inside. Yeah, big time. They finished with 38 points in the paint despite playing much of the night with no one taller than 6'7 on the floor. So so Reavers has at least four inches on every single player in the post for Maryland. It's yet it's, they're scoring all their points inside. It's insane. All right, we'll keep talking. Phone line's blowing up. Let's just run through it quick. Yeah, who's this? Hey, buddy, Kyle from Stoke. Hey, Kyle, what's up, man? This is, uh, is this the earliest you called in, brother? Uh, it is. You know, I listen to you all day. I get you from six to, to ten or whatever it oh, may dude. be. Uh, Kyle, just, you are, you're a diehard uh, man. I love it, man. I appreciate uh, your ear holes. I am, buddy. I'm in and out, you know, most of the day. I am a construction manager, so I do what I do. Hey, we appreciate you, bro. Hey, thanks, Stay man. Warm. I appreciate you, too. You know, you guys got the best uh, best radio show on on the radio. Kyle, no lie. I get up every morning, I look at myself in the mirror, and I say, how can I impress Kyle today? Like, that's my main goal. <laughs> that, that, that a boy. That a boy. That's why my ears are ringing. All right, Kyle, so what the hell happened last night? You know, I, I just want to say this team is very streaky. I mean, even back to last year, uh, they they're just very streaky. And it, it's showing. Uh, the last game reminded me of the uh, Marquette game. Yeah. I mean, it was a battle, but, yeah, what the hell happened to Nate Reavers, man? <laughs> He's gotten so soft this year. He's regressed. I know. I mean, big time. I just I don't understand what, what's going on. Um, and, and I think our best player, you know, I'll go out on a limb, but I think it's Jonathan Davis. Oh, and dude. they got to give that guy some, you know, loosen the reins and let him take it to him because he is the only one that has the power to get into the lane, and and, and it seems like he can do what he wants to, but I, I feel like he doesn't have the reins to do it. Kyle, I saw you know analytics. I saw that when Jonathan Davis is on the court in the limited minutes that he has, uh, he is was like plus 18 when it comes to oh, plus 10 on points when he's on the floor in his 18 minutes. That means the Badgers were 10 points better with him on the floor than not. Yeah, it, he didn't. He didn't have a lot of playing time last night. No. I noticed that, and it, it it bothers me. Same. And Nate Reavers, yes. I mean, Nelson was saying it too. Reavers, or what about Reavers, Rowdy? Oh, basically, soft. he's just soft inside. <laughs> he is. He is. He he's regressed this year. He doesn't look like the same guy he did last year. And you're supposed to get better. Yeah. Big Ten's a wild, like the Wild West right now. But Kyle, let me ask you. Um, I assume you're a diehard Packers fan, yes? Oh hell yeah. Bears or Vikings? Which do you hate more? Who do I hate more? Yeah. Based on the fan base, I'd say the Vikings. Okay, that's. I think we're all kind of in that same wavelength. The Chicago yeah. Bears, though, do you think the Packers can go down to Soldier and get her done? 
Oh, absolutely. My man. Kyle, stay warm, brother. All right, have a good day, guys. See you, man. Good stuff right there. Good stuff. Yeah, everyone's noticing it, Rowdy. The people are turning on everywhere. Reavers, what's going on, dude? In the Big Ten. I think he's just you getting can't be block. soft. I think he's gotten block ha- happy. Where he tries to block everything instead of playing straight up defense, staying in front of him. He's always almost trying to take the easy way, like cut a corner and try and yeah, make a block. Then he tries to do that like behind that like just kind of strip you of the ball when you're going up. Every freaking time, man. But yeah, it's almost criminal to Kyle's point right there that we don't see more of uh Jonathan Davis. Well, what, the thing with the free throws that makes it even worse, you barely shoot over 50%, right? Yes. How many how many front end of the one and ones did they miss too? Oh, a bunch. Which that just compounds the yeah. the mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not good. Um part of me, you know, the Badgers aren't going to go undefeated in the Big 10. The Big 10 last night they flashed it up on the broadcast. They have 9 teams in the top 25. That was a it's a record since I think they said like 2011 I think when I forget what conference it was but they got nine teams probably uh, the Big East back yeah when yeah it was yep the there you go legit was, Big yeah, East you're right it was the Big East they have nine teams ranked in the top 25 the Big Ten is going to be a grind you up spit you out kind of league uh, every team's pretty good there's um, you know it's you saw Michigan State losing again Michigan State's 0 three in the Big Ten for the first time in like ever you got wisconsin who is um you know lost to maryland maryland's got some ballers on there though they got some players i like how they uh in this article that our sports director zach halpern is writing about how um um uh, what was it um the tallest guy out there was nate reavers how quickly did he forget of the three minutes that was played by that chol mario guy from uh south sudan he's seven two rowdy he got three minutes. Did you see that guy? How would you like to be that guy? Did you hear the story of him? He was like seven feet tall when he was in eighth grade. My God. I was like, this guy's destined to play basketball. I don't know if he'll be pro, but this guy's destined to play at least college basketball. Seven feet tall and you're in eighth grade. Jeez. I don't even know, like, what are you feeding that kid? My God. That's insane. Oh, uh, but yeah, he only got three minutes. Did you see that clip of him boxing, by the way? Yeah, <laughs> I think the announcer even said, "Yeah, I don't look like I don't think he's gonna hurt anyone throwing those punches." You know but. who it kind of reminded me of? Who? Nate Robinson. When I saw him, <laughs> hit, the NBA player, when he got when, knocked out, when they had clips of him hitting gloves. Yeah, that's it funny, didn't end dude. well when he finally got in the ring. No, <laughs> was it Jake Paul knocked him out? That YouTube loser. Oh, that's funny, man. I got comments from Greg Gard coming up. Even at halftime, I did not feel that we were where we needed to be from establishing ourselves inside specifically and getting to the foul line more. Obviously, we left a lot of points at the line and missing some one-on-ones, the front ends of them. And then they got us in, you know, a back-and-forth game a little bit, and credit to them. They made some big shots when they needed to. We had some busted coverage, coverages at the inopportune times, and uh, they were able to hold on there. Maryland had 24 of their 46 points in the second half on dunks and layups. Yeah. And it's not like they were fast break. No, 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 no. Uh, here is um, Greg Gard talking about the smaller lineup. So how about this? You got, to Rowdy's point, you know, Nate Reavers, Michael Potter, what, 6'10", 6'11". The tallest guy out there on the court for Maryland was 6'7". If you don't count the three minutes by that guy from Sudan who was <laughs> who seven got two. Like three fouls in those three <laughs> yeah. minutes. Um six seven or smaller. 
you uh, for Maryland. Greg Gard talks about how there's the smaller lineup gave them some trouble. You know, when they got Dante Scott at the five, who's you know probably a three, and then f- other four other guards around him, it just puts you in a quandary. And that's the the challenge of mixing and matching lineups. And you know, there's advantages to playing big, and there's disadvantages to playing big. And obviously, continually trying to find you know the right combination. Why didn't they go small? Then? Yeah, my question, which I've actually been wondering for a few games now, is Ben Carlson hasn't really been playing, and we no. saw a lot of him early, yeah. and he looked apparently he's injured. Yeah, he's got an injury. upper body injury. He looked pretty good. Oh, yeah. with Johnny Davis. Oh yeah, and I was wondering kind of where he's been at because you haven't really seen him yeah. much, and he would he would have been a guy that he's a little smaller than Reavers and Potter. He can play kind of on the wing and in the post. And it would have been nice to have him in there for yeah. a matchup with some of these Maryland players. Well, speaking yeah. of the post, Rowdy, guard talks about it. they need to establish a better post presence. That's been a constant all year of establishing our interior game first and let the perimeter game play off of what we established inside. And we did not do a good enough job of that. Credit to Maryland for how they were, you know, making it a little harder. But we we also left some points on the table by not finishing inside too. Some fadeaways, some uncharacteristic attempts that we'll look at on film and try to get those fixed. I'm I'm sorry, but does that really need to no, be no, hang explained? On. Hang on. What'd you say? Can't say that. Can't say I'm sorry. Does it really need <laughs> to be does it really need to be explained that they needed to go inside when you had at least four inches on these players no, down low? And no, and you, it doesn't. And you have these experienced uh big men like yeah. Potter and you're, like you're going up against Reavers. that three two zone and you're still trying to jack up contested threes when yeah. all of a sudden you just do a pass to a, a mid-range jumper, and all, and you're draining them. Well, I saw Reavers where was that most of the game. Reavers yeah, took two jump shots where he was straight up and down. Yeah, and he drilled them both. Yep. And all of his other jump shots were fading away, herky jerky. And guess what? He missed every well, single it was like, one. It was like first, like he like hesitated and hesitated, and then he like did the fade away herky jerky, yeah. and it's like you're like you could tell there's no confidence there. And when it's like was, that shot's not going when in. When he was. Down near the rim, he looked like he was afraid he was going to get hit. It's like, do you forget you're 6'11"? Did you forget that you were a, a preseason pick for third-team All-Big Ten? D- do you forget that the guy standing across <laughs> from you is... third-team. <laughs> do you forget that the guy standing across from you is at least four inches shorter than you? What I don't get is... That's that's strictly just confidence. Mm-hmm. You'd think if you were the all-time blocks leader for UW, you'd be have some nasty down low, don't you think? Yes. Well, there's, uh, that's not, it's not the case. Uh, here's more from Greg <laughs> Gard. He said uh, last night was why Reavers and Potter can't be on the floor together all the time. You, you wondered why I've gone back and forth with uh, only one big in the lineup. Now you see why. Because um, it's hard to guard when you have multiple ball handlers on the floor and they can really stretch you out. It puts you in a, in a quandary defensively. And there so there'll be times where you don't need either of them. On the so court there you go. Yes, I just don't know why you didn't go smaller then, you know, to kind of match up with these guys. And, and there was a while there where the Badgers were trading buckets in the second half. It was an entertaining game offensively, but defensively you'd wanted to pull your hair out. You're like, what in the what the hell are you doing, Jackie? Yeah. <sighs> uh, more from uh, Gardo about Maryland feeding off of uh, the confidence that UW gave them. I think it's a team that was obviously energized because they were they were hungry. They you know we've got a target on our back. From that standpoint, you know, they made some plays, and we gave them some confidence too. And that's what happens when you don't – all those things we've talked about, don't establish the post, um, have some bust defensively, and, and you give some a team confidence, and, and they fed off of that, and that's a credit to them. So Maryland, who had not 
been home for quite some time. It was road warriors essentially. What they I think they took a four or five hour bus ride from uh, what West Lafayette to come to Madison. Mm-hmm. So they've been on the road a while. They looked like pumped up. I would have loved to been a fly on the wall in their locker room to see like how lit it was at halftime. Those guys were just vibing. The sideline was vibing. They were like bringing their own energy. You know how the Badgers, the football team especially, talked about the BYOJ, bring your own juice. Well, my God, Maryland brought their own juice. They were pumped up, as what Nelson and RJ have said multiple times, and myself included. The Badgers just were like going through the motions. It's like, eh, yeah, we're here, I guess. Did you guys remember we got a win over Michigan State of the Breslin Center, though? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it seemed like. Like they just weren't, you know, fired up. It was uh And Northwestern beat Michigan State, Minnesota's beat Michigan. Yeah, yeah it was uh ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I saw a pretty interesting stat yesterday. And I chuckled at the caption. This comes from CBS Sports on Twitter. And their caption was Aaron Rodgers is looking to join elite company this season. Fewest interception in NFL history for quarterbacks with 40-plus pass touchdowns. And the company that Aaron Rodgers will be joining. So it says, Aaron Rodgers is looking to join elite company this season. Fewest interceptions in NFL history for a quarterback with 40-plus pass touchdowns. The company Aaron Rodgers is joining comes from 2011 and 2016. And those two players are actually the same person. It's Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) So Aaron Rodgers will be joining... Himself, from two other years in, as they call, elite company. Aaron Rodgers is looking to join elite company this season, and the company he's enjoying uh, joining is himself. So fewest interceptions, 40-plus pass touchdowns. Rodgers has five interceptions this year uh, in 2020, the year of our Lord. Aaron Rodgers in 2011 had over 40 touchdowns with six interceptions. And in 2016... Aaron Rodgers had over 40 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Aaron Rodgers, Rowdy, is well on his way to joining the elite company that he holds all by his lonesome. Pretty yep. impressive. And uh, that 2010 to basically 2016 seasons, that's when Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback in football, and there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. No doubt about that right that there. That was when we saw all these plays, all these throws, all these crazy completions, all these extending the pocket and making something out of nothing plays that Patrick Mahomes is now doing for the first time ever. So I'm told. Oh, 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 I saw P- Patrick Mahomes is so good. He's doing things quarterbacks never done before, bro. Well, I saw Rodgers do it for, as Rowdy just said, that stretched from like 2010 to 2016. So um, I don't know what you guys were missing. Did you catch amnesia? Did you get hit on the head and you like uh, got CTE or something? Did you forget? Aaron Rodgers, Rowdy, was doing things long before Patrick Mahomes is doing what Patrick Mahomes is doing. Well, check this out. On Sunday, I saw Patrick Mahomes throw a couple interceptions and honestly not look that good until he turned it on at the end in the fourth quarter to skirt by, what, the Falcons? Well, I saw Aaron Rodgers decimate the Tennessee Titans. And it was so good, in fact, that who is uh, the odds-on favorite for MVP now? So the odds have actually even changed a little bit more since Monday morning. Really? Now that they had the Monday night game and, you know, you see some of the money coming in on different tickets and different players – Aaron Rodgers is now a clear MVP favorite at minus 370. Patrick Mahomes, obviously still in second, but he's a plus 310 underdog. 
those those moves have been pretty significant. Now, if you've been following with us the last probably four weeks that we've been tracking this uh, Trust me, they're following. MVP odds, you would know that a good or a decent Aaron Rodgers game and a great Patrick Mahomes game or even vice versa, those odds have only been moving about 200 points. So you would think right now, Aaron Rodgers, unless he has a god-awful game and Patrick Mahomes has, like, the game of all games, should be, according to Vegas's odds, the MVP in, of the NFL season this year. All right. And that's 100% exactly how it should be. So the the Falcon or Falcons, the Chiefs have everything locked up, right? Like they're what they're good, they're legit, they're number one. They're yep. nothing's gonna change. Who knows if Patrick Mahomes even plays more than a half or if he plays at all? Exactly. Here's the thing, here's the good thing about Sunday at 325 at Soldier Field. The Packers have to play Rodgers. They have to go out there and get her done because if they lose, God forbid, that number one seed in the NFC is up for grabs. Yeah, and the Saints and the Seahawks both play at 325 as well. So they're not going to know who's winning or what's going on, so they have to go out and win. And I think worst-case scenario for Aaron Rodgers, he plays three quarters because they absolutely bury the Bears. Bury them. Get a body bag, Johnny. They're like, okay, well, we got this wrapped up now, and this game's over. Tim Boyle, how'd you go out there for the fourth quarter and hand it off? Yes. But Patrick Mahomes might not even play. Like exactly. if I'm looking at uh, if I'm Andy Reid and I'm the Kansas City Chiefs and I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes and I go, well, we already have this locked up. Doesn't matter if we win or lose. You want a few series or do you want to play at all? Yeah. So okay, Patrick Mahomes, like to your point, might not play. Aaron Rodgers is going to play. It's against the Bears. Do you know who absolutely owns the Chicago Bears, especially at Soldier Field? Do you know do you know do you know who owns them, Rowdy? Aaron Rodgers. That is correct. Correct Mundo. Aaron Charles Rodgers. That is correct. Owns the Chicago Bears at Lambeau Field and Soldier Field, excuse me. Well, both. He just friggin' owns them. Rowdy, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to wrap this MVP up here uh and what an exciting time. Packers are going to get the number 1 seed in the NFC. Knock on wood. And you have him potentially wrapping up the MVP award. I don't even think it's a contest anymore. You sent me some some stats, some analytics. What was that? Uh, what was that guy's name? Cowboy? What's his like? Analytic Cowboy or something like that? What the hell's that guy? Yeah, he's like a he's like a NFL analytics. Well, just a sport analytic guy where he runs like a bunch of uh, models for a bunch of different stats and it spits stuff out. Counter, uh, computer Cowboy. That's what it is. Uh, he says in this tweet. Anyways, this should about do it for the MVP race. And he gives these analytics of Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers is just running away with numbers over Patrick Mahomes, over Josh Allen, over anyone else well, that you, attempts to even be in the race. And if you you would know that, too, if you have been watching all these games with the naked eye, right? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers has been nothing but efficient and probably the most efficient quarterback in the league. And he's doing it with less than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we can look at the numbers right now. Aaron Rodgers has a 4% higher completion percentage than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is completing 66.3% of his passes. Aaron Rodgers, 70.3. You look at uh, yards per pass, yeah. they have the exact same number. So then when you go back and look at Patrick Mahomes has m- more passing yards, well, all you have to do is look at the attempts, and he's got nearly 90 more attempts than Aaron Rodgers. Well, the yards per pass are the exact same. So in theory... 
if uh, Aaron Rodgers had thrown about the same amount of passes as Patrick Mahomes, they'd have about the same amount of yards. Well, <laughs> he's got the better completion percentage. He's got more touchdowns, 44 to 38. He has less interceptions. Aaron Rodgers has just five. Patrick Mahomes, six. He's been sacked less times, so it means he's getting the ball out to receivers quicker. And you look at the QBR, he's got a better QBR. Aaron Rodgers is at 83.9. Patrick Mahomes, 82.7. And then their uh, rating, Aaron Rodgers better once again. This one really not even close. Yeah, it's not close 119.4 to Patrick Mahomes, 108.2. It's not even close Aaron anymore. Aaron Rodgers is basically winning every single stat over Patrick Mahomes besides one thing, and that's team hey. wins. Team wins. And then you could say passing yards, but then but if he's you, throwing the ball so much more. Yeah, if you take Mahomes. into account their yards per pass and then the attempts, they would have identical uh, yards passing if Rodgers threw it 90 times more like Mahomes has. Yeah, our guy Papa Pick on Twitch says, Andy Reid in his presser on Sunday said Mahomes won't be playing Sunday. Other than Aaron Rodgers completely falling off the face of the earth Which, and throwing for like, what? We'll say his line is like 15 for 30, like 150 picks. yards and three interceptions. Not gonna never. I, I don't see how he doesn't win the MVP. He should be the MVP. Char- Charlie will be uh, turned to sobriety before Aaron Rodgers does that. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's Sorry, buddy, again. Oh, hey, Charlie. Speak of the devil, and he shall appear. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is absolutely incredible, dude. And you, you know, the media is going to talk up Patrick Mahomes because they basically have the last year and a half. Well, he's the fl- he's the new flavor, right? But Aaron Rodgers, you can't argue with stats, right? People want to trust the science and the statistics. And Look the, at tr- the numbers. Rowdy, and we're going to say trust the analytics to this time. How about that? Look at the numbers. It's not even close. Aaron Rodgers is number one. We have, we have trust the science. Now we're going to start our own here. Trust the analytics. Aaron Rodgers is your MVP. Of the 2020 season. Like, I would love... Bow down to greatness! I would love to have any national pundit come on here who's not going to vote for let's Aaron Rodgers. Let's do it. Let's, let's reach out. And I would love to hear their reasoning why. Because if you're trying to argue Patrick Mahomes stats versus Aaron Rodgers stats, I don't know which one you're going to refer to, which is better. Um, if you're going to talk about players' talent surrounding them, I don't know how you could argue that Aaron Rodgers has more talent around him than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's not, you can't, I, I you can't argue it. I don't know what argument you would have. You can't say uh, that Patrick Mahomes does things uh, that Aaron Rodgers doesn't do uh, because we've all seen that the last 10 years that Aaron Rodgers uh, did it before Patrick Mahomes. Well, Patrick Mahomes, uh, well, uh, uh. Like, what argument... Is anyone that's going to vote for Mahomes over Rodgers, what argument are they going to come with? Here is uh, some sarcasm for our guy Todd. The Todd V tweets at me, Ebo says is, uh, yeah, well, uh, but Mahomes has more passing yards and he invented the no-look pass. Oh, uh. No, he didn't. Aaron Rodgers was reinventing the quarterback position while Patrick Mahomes was pooping in his diaper. Okay? Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. Deal with it. I don't know. What if he, if he doesn't win, Rowdy? What do we do? If he doesn't win, I would say the national sports writers that voted on it and all everyone that had a vote were just as asinine as the Milwaukee Brewers beat writers that voted Devin oh, Williams third. third place. That's how asinine they'd have to be. Aaron Rodgers, trust the analytics, is going to be, well done, Rowdy, your MVP. You really think he's going to lay a turd against 
Mitchell Stink Bisky and the Chicago Bears. No, I think he he's, owns them. I think he'll have another efficient day, and the Packers will roll the Bears. Trust the analytics, Rowdy. Trust the analytics. Aaron Rodgers will be your MVP. Now, the Chicago Bears have won three in a row. That's after losing six in a row. Remember when they were five and one, then lost six in a row, and now they've won three in a row? It was the you know the carousel of uh, first it was Mitchell Trubisky, then it was Nick Foles, and then Trubisky came back. And oh, then, oh, oh, you forgot someone. Oh, was there a Tyler, Tyler Bray, Bray? Excuse for me. For a second. I apologize. I know Tyler Bray's a big listener. So was Foles and Trubisky. I apologize. Sorry, Bray. Sorry, Tyler. We can't let we can't let uh, Foles and Trubisky have all the stinky sun. Yeah, that's my apology. That's my apologies to uh, Tyler Bray. All right, so Rowdy, it's been a carousel, but it's back to Mitchell Trubisky, who now, despite that interception that he had against the Jaguars before the first half was over, which was one of the most inexplainable throws I've ever seen. It was first down, and and the announcer said, "What you you brought it up yesterday?" Yeah, it was the funniest thing I've ever heard. He compared him to a high school quarterback. He Oof. goes. That's a high school quarterback mistake. Oof. I'm sorry, I don't want to be disrespectful to a professional quarterback, but that's a high school quarterback mistake. Now, the, the Chicago Bears, um, you know, sound defense. They got some good pieces there. Jimmy Graham on offense, for some reason, is like having a resurgence. I don't know why Jimmy Graham couldn't have done that with a guy like, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers. Instead, he's saving like the, all these touchdowns for Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles. Or, I don't think Tyler Bray ever hit him with a touchdown. So Mitchell Trubisky or Tyler McFalls, excuse me. No offense, Bray. But the Bears have been playing better. And I use that term loosely with the Bears. Better as of late. They beat all right, here's who they've beaten, though. They beat the Texans 36 to 7. They beat the living hell out of them. They beat the brakes off of them. Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I think that was his first game back starting because Foles was down with a hip injury. Trubisky went 267 yards, 24-33 passing for three touchdowns. And then they went and beat, and this was the shocker to me. I couldn't believe they did it. They beat the Minnesota Vikings the next week, 33-27. to uh, Trubisky, not as good as he was against the Texans. He was 15-21, 202 yards, one tutty, one interception. But it was David Montgomery. Uh, the running back for the Bears, 32 carries, Jesus, 146 yards and two touchdowns, essentially doing his best Delvin Cook impersonation against the Vikings. They get that win, and they're like, wow, I couldn't believe that because I figured the Bears would be finishing last in the NFC North. And then we saw Sunday, we did lose some brain cells in the first half. That announcer was like beside himself, saying Mitchell Trubisky comparing to a high school quarterback. Him thinking a lot like this, saying what in the hell are the Jacksonville Jaguars even doing? Just in general, saying the game is bad football. Yeah, he's like, this is just bad football. The guy felt, I felt like the guy was ready to quit on the spot at halftime. Be like, I'm done with this. Well, the Bears end up rolling the Jags, forty-one to seventeen. Mitchell Trubisky was so good, in fact. Well. In relative terms, that Nick Foles came into, I think he what threw one pass and then called it a day. Mitchell Trubisky, 265 yards, 24 35, two touchdowns, that one terrible interception. And David Montgomery, he ate 95 yards on 23 carries uh, and one touchdown. So the Bears have been playing better for them, getting better quarterback play for Mitchell Trubisky. Is there anything that makes you worry? Like maybe I know you're up at night having a, a epiphany about the Milwaukee Bucks, and I think you said LeBron James as well Sunday night. But are you up late having any epiphanies about the Chicago Bears? Are they are the monsters of the midway? 
and the uh, the career ghost of Mike Ditka. Are they scaring you at all, Matt Nagy? Not really. I I do think Green Bay goes in there and takes care of business. I think the only thing to be worried about would be if Green Bay sleeps walk through the game. I but I just don't There's see not, it. Yeah. I just don't see it. The Packers have to win for that number one seed. They aren't going to know how the Saints or the Seahawks did. They're all playing at the same time. I think they're going to have to go out there. They're going to have to go for the throat. And uh, I just don't see it. I mean, you talk about how the Bears have been playing better. Yeah, they have been playing better. Basically, but look who they've been playing too. You know, it's Jacksonville. It's a defeated Minnesota team. It's the Texans. It's a definitely defeated Texans team. You have JJ Watt coming out talking about how some of the guys in their locker room aren't even real professionals because they can't give it their all all the time. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what I think probably some of the bigger, well, obviously you know that the Bears defense is solid. One of the one of the things that I think is huge for this team lately has got to be David Montgomery. Yeah, he's you been look balling. At what look Mon- at the work he's been getting. Yeah, you if you even dating back to that last weekend in November when uh, Montgomery went off against the Packers. Yeah, he's been balling basically since then. And then if you look at how they're three and zero in their last three games, but you look at David Montgomery, he's run for 113 in a touchdown, 146 against Minnesota and two touchdowns. 95 and in, in a touchdown against Jacksonville. He's averaging 118 yards a game the last three. That's what's uh, softening things up for uh, Mitchell Trubisky. It's making him, it, it's allowing him to complete easier throws. Yeah, definitely. And that also opens up Trubisky being able to use his legs a little bit more. It just softens it up and makes it easier for Trubisky. But against this Packers defense that seems to be peaking at the right time, yes, they are. and this Packers offense, which pretty much from start to finish so far, outside of maybe that Buccaneers game, has been about the best offense in the league, I just don't see how the Packers could look past the Bears, Same. and I don't see how they don't roll the Bears. Yeah, with everything up for grabs, you know, NFC uh, number one seed, the first round by, the playoffs running through Lambeau, there's no Aaron Rodgers, so cerebral. There's no way that they uh, overlook the Chicago. It's the last regular season game as well. You got the MVP on the line for Rodgers as well. This game to me is ripe for just a just take Trubisky and put him out of his misery with the Chicago Bears. You take him out behind the woodshed like the movie Fargo, and you put him in the wood chipper. And plus, and he's done. The Packers don't want to lose to the Bears and and lose the number one seed and allow the Bears into the playoffs. It's like double motivation. Yeah. Eliminate the Bears and take the number one seed. Well, Rodgers Rogers still thinks about you know, Alex Smith going before him in the draft. He uses that as motivation. Well, Aaron Rodgers has the MVP on the line, the number one seed in the NFC, playoffs running through Lambeau, the first round by. I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers is getting motivated, no problem. And I, I, So we saw this one. I'm very interested to see this. We saw that Mike Pettin and the, and the Green Bay Packers defense finally started having – Four-man fronts, five-man fronts, Yeah, more linebackers in the box. They started loading it up, and they didn't want Derrick Henry to beat them. I want to see them continue that against Montgomery. Totally. Who, by the way, in just 11 carries, ran for 103 yards against the Packers the last weekend in November. Yeah, I want to see them continue that and continue to shut down David Montgomery and let's see Mitchell Trubisky throw the football. Because I think uh, Darnell Savage will be licking his lips back there. Oh, my God. Darnell Savage, yeah, I could be getting more interceptions. Um, there's something about whoever is quarterbacking for the Bears. Once you put that navy and orange jersey on and you go against the Green Bay Packers, there's something about that jersey that makes the Bears quarterback belong in the Packers Hall of Fame. 
They are so good at finding the Packers secondary and giving them the ball. It's just like something in that jersey, man. From Rex Grossman to Kyle Orton to Jay Cutler to Mitchell Trubisky and every stinky turd in between. They just love throwing the football to the Green Bay Packers. Speaking of that defense, here's Matt LeFleur on the the total team effort on defense he's been seeing lately. I just think our guys were dialed in, focused, ready to go. thought we played really physical football. I thought Preston Smith did an outstanding job of setting the edge. You could tell early on they, they were going to run right at him, and he answered the bell. He set good edges. I thought our guys were swarming on defense, so there were multiple hats at the ball. I thought our young linebackers really stepped up, played well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Here is uh, more from LaFleur talking about being good in all phases. Everybody that we play from here on out is it's going to be a challenge because every game is a, is a playoff game, and it starts same with the Chicago Bears. That is a playoff game. So we're going to need great effort, great energy, and guys really focused on executing their responsibilities to the best of their ability, and, and we know it takes all 11. Uh, one more from LaFleur on how good this defense has been as of late, giving up not a lot of yards, which is nice, right? Nice to see. Yeah, I think it's been a, a collective effort, starting with Pet and, you know, going through all the uh, other assistant coaches and then our guys on the defensive side really buying in to playing team ball, not taking any plays off. That's what gets me so excited. When I see guys playing physical, when I see guys playing fast, when I see guys running to the football, getting excited to play football. They're definitely peaking and vibing at the right time, Rowdy. The Packers are... They're knocking on the door. A hundred percent. And I think you can tell that just just based on how the defense is played. And it seems like what really ignited this Packers defense was maybe getting a bit of a layup. And it was against that uh, San Francisco 49er freshman team. Hey, sometimes even if it is against some, you know, schlep team like the Niners this year, that, you know, win starts snowballing into more success, right? Not to, uh, not to quote Mike McCarthy on this team, but you start stacking wins. Once you start stacking wins, good things happen. You get a good vibe in the locker room. All of a sudden, everyone's feeling easy, feeling loose, feeling nice. And y'all, look what happens. The vibe's nice. If you remember what's happened since that San Francisco game, they obviously went out to San Francisco and cleaned up on them. Yes, it was a team that had a lot of guys out, had a lot of injuries, but the defense played well. Sorry. So then, too bad, so sad. Then we had our casino weekend where we went to uh, Dubuque and we had some uh, Diamond fun Joe, sports baby. gambling. Hey, real quick before you finish that. I won a five-team parlay. Do I have? Does that live forever on the app? Like, can I go back there anytime and cash that out? You should be able to. Oh, thank God. Let's go. But uh, we watched that Jacksonville game from the casino, and basically the defense played well in that game too. That if you remember, that was the J.K. Scott terrible attempt at a tackle that yeah. gave him a touchdown. I believe Aaron Rodgers threw a really bad interception, which gave the Jacksonville Jaguars the opportunity to score too. Yep. They only and they held Jacksonville to 20 total points and I believe it was at least 10 of the points weren't really due to the defense. So the defense the looked good again and then it was the Colts game, right? They jumped up early, the defense played prevent defense, backed off and it left a bad taste I think in everyone's mouth and then you look at what they've done since and it was Chicago, Philadelphia, Detroit, Carolina, Tennessee. The defense has been pretty good in every single game since that Colts game. No doubt about it. Packers are peaking. They haven't peaked yet. They're peaking. I can't wait to see what happens Sunday, 325 at Soldier Field against the Bears. 
Matt Bernstein, Wisconsin fullback legend, the Hebrew Hammer, joining us. Bernie, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah. How was it, my man? Dude, happy holidays. It's been uh, it's been great, I guess, like in COVID. So. Oh, and happy belated okay. birthday as well, Bernie. Yes, the big 3-8. What a year. Now, what day was that specifically? What day was that? It was Saturday, and then I basically celebrated on Sunday. Okay, let me ask you, man. So as a guy that's born, you know, around the holiday season, do you ever feel like you're getting um, screwed out of presents? Like like, you mean a, a Jewish guy that's born the day after Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes or no? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. Bernie, I'll all right. Take, yeah. Well, so th- that's why you party extra hard on the birthday, right? You know, I always find a way to make myself feel really good about my birthday. I saw no that. No matter if, if anyone's there or not. I saw that because you said, I'd like to wish a happy birthday to the most special person I know, the Hebrew hammer, Matt Bernstein. <laughs> I, I was dying yeah, laughing. You know what? <laughs> I, I might as well have said, yeah. When I, I, you know, I had a few, a few adult cocktails, and when I put that up, I was like, I'm such an idiot. But then it's too late, right? You can't take it down. So I'm like, you know what? It's not untrue. It's just. Well, not only did you not take it down, Bernie, but you doubled down on it and you liked it. You liked your own post. But see, I, I do like because if you post something, how do you not like it? Like, well, I like it. I, I, think I assume I, people would think you liked it because you posted it, you know? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's, it was, it's pretty corny of me, but I kind of <laughs> love it. Well, that's why I love it. You're true to the brand, Bernstein. That's what yeah. it is, man. You know what? I, I don't think at this age, I'm 38, there's no, there's no changing anymore. No, I mean, you are who you are. Embrace it, right? I've evolved into my special self and. This is where I'll be. Special self. <laughs> uh, Bernstein, so I want to talk because you have phenomenal stories always. I mean, you've been part of a lot of uh, great stuff for Wisconsin, and um, your memory, if sometimes it serves you well. So I want to pick your brain on some awesome bowl stories. <laughs> but before we talk bowl and the game tomorrow at 11 a.m. Uh, Central Time, what did you think of the season as a whole for the Wisconsin Badgers, Bernie, as they said, what, 3-3? Three and three? You know, I, we kept the axe. So let's start with the biggest positive. Yep. We got the X. That, to me, means everything in the world. You know, I think the season was really tough for our guys. We, you know, like, there was no real camp. There was no people that, you know, we didn't know if we were going to play or not in the Big Ten. All of a sudden, we're playing. We had a great first game. And I think every game after that, so many guys were in and out. We had COVID, you know, restrictions. You couldn't practice. Our, you know, guys are hurt. Guys are sick. It's almost like a rotating door, and you never knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And I think that really hurt us. I mean, it's not an excuse. Like, I don't think we played great football in the same time, but I think that had a huge impact on the team as a whole. You know, I'm still – sometimes the play calling is a little iffy to me. It feels like we're very, like, reserved sometimes when I think we should just be doing a lot of different things. But, I mean, look, I- I'm sad because Jimmy Leonard is com- still killing it. Yes. The defense was awesome. Um, they kept us in games. They kept us up with the ability to win a number of games. Um, with the, the offense. offense you know, the offense yeah. has been a little left to be desired, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, believe me, I know. You know, from, <laughs> shotgunning, from shotgunning beers at the beginning of the season to, like, not shotgunning beers. To shotgunning bottles of uh, Carlos Mondavi wine to get you through the game. <laughs> to, to just get me through. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like, it's just sad to see that. Because is, is Jimmy... Looking to 
Get Out. I, don't, I haven't heard any, I haven't heard anything of the sort. So I think I think it might have been a Jesse Temple article. Someone wrote an article about Jimmy Leonard and talking about how Madison is home and he sees himself being here for years to come. I mean, I, I could see some NFL teams wanting to vulture him, obviously, because he's phenomenal. But yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's a Madison guy for the time being, which is nice. Listen, I, that's what I think, and I believe that. But I heard somewhere where somebody sent me a text saying like. Is Jimmy on the short list for Illinois? And I'm like, I don't know, but if Illinois could put anyone on that list they want, doesn't mean that Jimmy's actively looking for it. Right. Bernie, I don't think there was any space on that list for Jimmy Leonard when you have Brett Bielema on that list. Yeah, what well, you're taking, Brett. He's taking up a lot of space. <laughs> yeah, he's a big boy. He takes up the third floor at Wando by himself. <laughs> 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 Your take on Brett Bielema now as the head coach for the Fighting Illini, Matt Bernstein. You know, I, listen, I think Illinois needs something, right? They need to shake it up. I, I do think he's an actually a good football coach. Agreed. I think some of the, 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 the outside factors are a little questionable. Yes. Uh, you know, this that was ten what at least 10 years ago when he coached. Seems like almost top, yesterday, so doesn't it? It does. But So I don't know. I, I haven't talked to him in that, in that time frame, so I don't know if he's matured at all. I don't know what's happened. Um, but I think for Illinois, if I'm an Illinois player, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. Yes. He's a good recruiter. Um, but, but I, you know, that, so if we're talking about football alone, I think it's good for Illinois. I mean, I was a Lovey Smith fan, but if you're not winning, and I think Illinois is going to have a tough time. They're like the Arkansas of the Big Ten. So good Which, luck, buddy. Isn't, yeah, Arkansas and Brett Bielema. Yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> That's, dude, when I saw it, my jaw hit the floor, I'm like, I'm like, good hire for Illinois, to be honest with you. But the extracurricular stuff, you're just like, hey, uh, I don't know about this. Who knows if he's well, doing that? When you were, you know, your, your last year, was he the D.C. there? Yeah, he was the defensive coordinator. Yeah, was that, you your, know, la- was that your last year? Uh, yeah, this is 05, right? Yes. So you've got to think this is 16 years later. You know, I'm not doing the same things I was doing in 05. I'm open. What do you mean? You're not – I'm pretty sure you just started talking about chugging beer, Bernstein. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm still doing some things from 05. <laughs> only the good things. Yeah, only the good things, oh, Bernie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Only the positive good things. All right, speaking of sure. the good things, uh, you've been to a lot of bowl games with the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, so – Tell us about what would happen for you uh, leading up to a bowl game because the Wisconsin Badger football team is leaving today to go to Charlotte to take on you know the Wake Forest in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. What would uh, what would a bowl prep be like for Matt Bernstein in his playing days? Well, no, everything has changed, so nothing is the same. We finished the season what two weeks ago? Last uh, week, yes, two weeks last, ago? yes. Who can even tell time anymore? I, time doesn't matter anymore, Bernie. It, it doesn't. Um, well, what was, you know, I, I actually really hated bowl prep because it was like three weeks <laughs> long of just practice. And they were not easy practices. Um, so, I, so they were really tough leading up. But, you know, we left like four or five days before the game. You had all this time to experience these different cities. You know, you practice in the morning. You usually did some kind of, you know, team event. But you were able to, like, walk around. You were able to go to some bars, you know, with, within the range of what days. Responsibly. What day responsibly. Yeah, there, were, there were rules on when you could go to the bar and when you couldn't. Were they um, called the Bernstein rules? <laughs> there, I'm sure there were a, a few of us that it could have been <laughs> named after. Um, but, you know, like, when we went, my, I, my first year we went to the Vacation Bowl, which was not a bowl game, um, <laughs> which was when we lost that we were five and seven we were terrible that year and we didn't go anywhere we went on vacation 
individually. <laughs> the vacation no, bowl. That joke, did, that joke didn't land. Uh, well, I was uh, thinking of the holiday bowl for some reason for that, a second. There. No, I was like, I don't know. I'd like a vacation bowl. What? <laughs> no, in 2001, we went to the – we called it the vacation bowl because everyone went. Okay, that's funny. So the... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't have that experience, to, you know, as a freshman to not play in a bowl game and just be able to experience wherever we were. Um, but the year after, you know, we went to the Alamo Bowl. San Antonio was so cool. Um, my parents came to almost all the bowl games. You know, we walked around the Riverwalk. I went to the Alamo. Like, we did fun things outside of football. So I think that is one of the big positives. Now with showing up tomorrow or today, playing tomorrow. Yeah. At, you know, a, at 11 a.m. Central. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm pumped because I'm going to start eating lunch watching the game. Like, it, I, I don't know. It makes me very happy to have something to do. Okay. You know, like midday. Are you in New York right now? Yes. What is on the menu for un, you know the Duke's Mayo Bowl, Wisconsin Wake Forest for Matt Bernstein? What's on the menu? Oh, are you going? Are you ordering from the Chinese place? Dude, that's you know what? Maybe now. I don't know. I I've been eating out a lot. Rumor is you single handedly kept that Chinese place in business, Bernie. I, I believe me, I know. I, I feel uh, like you. I feel like you have to go with like the homemade sub at home, where you just throw everything on it, and then just a little bit of Duke's mayo at the end. Ooh, that's a, I like that. You know, I've I've been gaining weight by the day now. It's not even by like. Well, aren't you expecting a child? I, I am, but I'm not <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> this isn't like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie kind of scenario here. <laughs> you know, Allie's like, I gained point five pounds. I'm like, I gained point five pounds in like two seconds today. So at the end of the day, it'll be like 20 pounds. So Bernie, someone's um, got to carry the weight. I mean, might as well be you then. Listen, I'm carrying way too much. So that's why I'm a little, I, you know, once football season ends, it's very easy to, to get on that diet. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, during the day, it's still a work day, so I, I probably won't be having any fears unless I'm fullback scores. Well, if a and, fullback scores a part of the, to be a part of the Wisconsin fullback club, you got to chug or shotgun a uh, Wisconsin beer. I mean, it is tradition, right? Mm-hmm. You can't. You still got to do it. Um, and maybe, maybe if we score five times fullback, I'll have to take the afternoon off. Bernie, um, but if yeah. this was in the before times, I can just picture you being at the office in a nice suit, and the Badgers are playing at eleven a.m. And your boss comes in, and you're <laughs> obviously you're watching the game, and a fullback scores, and you got the beer already cracked, and you're like about to take <laughs> it as the as the boss walks in. You go, sorry. Sorry, boss. It's tradition, and then you just slam it. <laughs> Sorry, boss. Oh, just slam it in his face. I, I think that is a very bad idea. Well, Bernie, you got you got to keep up with the brand, right? That's the brand. Yeah, you can't I, turn I, I your mean, back on who you are. Now, if it was normal times, I would have probably been at the bar watching the game. Well, I would take the afternoon off. Yeah, I mean, when well, we played the pinstripe bowl, when we played at the pinstripe bowl. Um, I was like, oh, I'm going to take a half day and go to the bar for lunch. And then somebody from the Alumni Association called me and was like, hey, do you want to come to breakfast with um, you know, a bunch of Badgers at like 8 o'clock in the morning? Uh-oh. I was like, check. I walk <laughs> uh, yes. in. It was a buffet. And they're like, um, do you want a Bloody Mary? I was like, <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, yeah. I was like, and the guy's like, well, you know, this, it's an open bar. It's just Bloody Marys and mimosas. I was like, Oh, it's open? I'll take two Bloody Marys. <laughs> like a, like your eyes get all like wide. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm glad I came to this one. That half day is turning into a full day of vacation. Thank you, lovey. Listen, the pinstripe bowl was a blast because I went from the hotel with like a few bloodies in me, which felt great. Oh, yeah, Bloody Marys I was with 
Bloody Mary's World. I was with TJ Theus. We went, we took the subway up to um, Mad River, which is now closed, but the Badger Bar. Yeah. We had lunch. We had a few adult Coors Lights. And they don't <laughs> make kitty Coors Lights. Lights. Yeah, do they make kitty versions of those? No kitty Coors Lights. <laughs> and, and then we went up to the tailgate pregame at a bar in the Bronx because it was at the Yankee Stadium and then went into the stadium. I mean, I... That well, weren't you rubbing like elbows with Barry favorites. Alvarez there? At the pinstripe I thought, where were you rubbing elbows? I thought you were rubbing elbows. That was elbows. the Brooklyn basketball game. Oh, it was a basketball game. Yeah, that was at the Brooklyn basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> you, rub, you rub a lot of elbows, Bernie. It's hard to keep up with you. You know, thank you. I, you know, it, well, the Brooklyn, no one showed up. Not really many people showed up. I think it actually, Bernie, I think it was you, Barry Alvarez, and one of our listeners from uh, Door County. Yeah, Pipe Troy. Under the North, Pipe Troy. Weren't you at, what, you were at somewhere else with Alvarez in New York, I thought. Like, her, Anyways, you, you're hard to keep up with sometimes, Bernie. You know a lot of people, okay? It's a good thing. You know, it's a good I, thing. I try to show up to every single Badger anything that anyone invites me to. Well, if there's I, mimosas, if there's mimosas and uh, you know bottomless mimosas and a Bloody Mary bar, I'd come too, brother. Oh well, I'd be yeah, your but, date but, if if Allie wants to like you know just kick her feet up. I'll I'll go with you. Listen, we I'm she's in the shower, so I'm not upset if we leave the women at home and go out into the field, you know, grab some beers and go to game. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm down, dude. 2021 <laughs> is going down, all right. All right, Bernie, you guys yeah. fly in, bring your wives, bring your girlfriends, and we can just put them in a beautiful room. We'll cater the whole event. It'll be beautiful for them. And then we'll go out and just kind of just do what we do. Well, Bernie, <laughs> you said your wife right now is not in listening distance, correct? She's in the, she's she's not in listening distance. I mean, you know this best. She's always in listening distance. <laughs> well, I know for a fact mine's wife is at work right now. I I don't believe she's listening. She started work at nine. So, Bernie, let's just we don't even don't even bother. Let's just leave him at home. I'm gonna whisper. Yeah. We'll leave him at home, and I'll leave mine in Madison, and then we'll go out in New York. Okay. I listen. I'm down. If you cater it though. You get a get out of jail for free card, I think. All right, well, we'll leave that for a trump card, like our back pocket, just in case yeah, like, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. goes south. All right, Bernie, before I let you go, uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl coming up here. Uh, are you excited? I mean, yes, you're taking off. You're going to watch it, but another opportunity to watch the Badgers. I guess you already answered that question. Let me ask you this question, though. Do you? What is your fondest memory uh, from a bowl game that you participated oh. in? Um, or your greatest fondest. or your greatest story, I should say. One or the other. My, I mean... There is no bad – well, there's a lot of bad stories out of bowl games. <laughs> um, you know, I, <laughs> there's a, I told this one in the Alamo Bowl where we got this, like, huge brawl with, like, Colorado dudes. But I would say my fondest memory of that, because that takes a very long time to explain, was I have a picture of the aftermath in my dad and uh, Mark Bell's dad ended up getting, like, 150 beers, like some obnoxious amount of beers put it in the tub, filled it up with ice. And so we were back in this room. Is this after the game? This is after the game and the fight. And you know, <laughs> is, it, is, is it Colorado? Yeah, this isn't. This is uh, Alamo, in Alamo Bowl, Alamo Bowl yes. in San Antonio against Colorado, right? Yes. And this is after and or before the fight? This is after the fight. And you won the fight? Uh, I don't know if there was winners or losers. I think in a fight at this point, I'm old now. Everyone's a loser. All right, no so, one got arrested, so we're all winners. All right, so you're a winner. No one got arrested. You're all winners, and you got a tub full of beer. Continue. Sorry to interrupt. No, no worries. And so my friend Nate Howard got – he might have took a, a knuckle sandwich to the forehead, and 
it blew up like it looked like three golf balls on top of each other. So I had like one of those wind up cameras that I took, you know, like I accidentally probably took a picture. Yeah. And it's of Nate Howard holding a beer to this like humongous mountain on his forehead where he got punched, <laughs> trying to like ice it. And in the background, everyone else is kind of just drinking beers and hanging out. But this is, oh, actually, that brings me to my favorite story, yes. the Greg Root story with the taser. Oh, okay. The stage, Bernie, the stage is yours. Let me reset. Matt Bernstein, Wisconsin fullback legend, joining us right now, um, telling his tales of bowl games gone by. Please tell us the ta- <laughs> please tell us the taser story. This is my favorite story, I think, ever. It's it's at the end of the night. It's got to be like one o'clock in the morning. And what bowl it's game is this? This uh, it's in Florida. It's either it was either the Capital One or the Outback. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Sounds like bureaus involved. Beautiful. Go. Yeah, there's always beers involved. So um, it's me, Greg Root, uh, Elliot Good, and Elliot Good's brother just came back from Iraq. And for I guess you know, like we'd be at a bar tasing each other with like the battery operated ones, like the you know they they just kind of jolt you; they don't hurt. Yeah, like battery how... operated tasers. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like the, the it's just like grabbing batteries. an electric fence. Yeah, I guess you've so. ever grabbed <laughs> an electric fence. Um, and Elliot Good came back with his brother came back with like a taser, like an army taser, like a taser taser, like a real one, like yeah, Doctor, like Doctor the, Watts. Yeah, like uh, the ones the cops use. Um, so, so we're in the room. We're just you know we're BSing, and Greg's like, "Yo, tase me!" And I'm like, "Don't, no, 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 no," because he showed us the taser, and you know it looked like a complete lightning bolt going across the two prongs. <laughs> and and I was like, no. I'm like, no, Greg, you are not getting saved by this thing. You're, you're being knocked out. Greg's like, hit me in the ribs then. I'm like, no. That's the one place you should not be hit. It's... So Greg's standing there. Um, Elliot's brother comes up. Greg's like, chase me in the ribs. Do it. Do it. I want to do <laughs> Elliot's brother chased him in the ribs. Greg immediately fell over, hit his head on the wall. Oh. You know, like made like a thump. Like yeah. thump. Boop. I'm like, Oh my God, he's dead. So, you know, and you know, like I'm, I'm kind of also like that, but I'm hysterically laughing because it's really yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, Your thing so, is funny, but you're also like nervously laughing. Like I hope this guy's not dead. I hope he's get in trouble, but it's funny. Yeah, I mean, I was freaking out, but laughing too. I was like, oh my God, Craig, you could, you could be really hurt. I think it's Greg, a coping mechanism. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I knew Greg was fine. He's he's a tough dude. So Greg gets up. He's like, "Whoa, man, that hurt!" I was like, "Yeah, he took it to the ribs." You man. got tased in the ribs. Don't tase me, bro. How do you explain <laughs> so, this to the coaching staff afterwards? Well, here's the best part. So they so everyone leaves. You know, it's like one thirty-two in the morning. I'm in my boxers. I'm the lights are out. I'm going to sleep. All of a sudden, somebody knocks on the door. I'm like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's probably one of these guys left something." So I go out. I open the door. It's two cops and the ma- the hotel manager, and I'm adjust my boxers. And you know, I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Hey, what's up, guys? What, what do you guys need?" And they're like, um, "We've people on this floor have been calling down saying that people are screaming, tase them, tase them, and that you guys are tasing people on this floor." <laughs> Did you deny, no. deny, deny? Yeah, I mean, the cops are looking at me like I'm the dumbest human. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I'm like, I don't think that's happening in this room. Yeah, uh, I'd like to report. Uh, there's something going on in room 211. <laughs> they keep yelling, "Tase him, tase him, tase him." And uh, you know, like loud cheering. And, like, <laughs> yeah. Infinity. And I think uh, I hear lots so, of beer uh, being cracked, sir. 
No, so the best, so I was like, officers, please come in. I'm hiding nothing here. Because everyone's gone, so I was like, I'm good. I, don't, I didn't do anything. I'm just um, here in my boxers. Yeah, I, what's nice is I'm not sure if the coaching staff ever heard. There have been, the coaching staff would usually just, I don't know if there's like a report the next day or like <laughs> somebody from the hotel would just be like, hey, these guys were pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know if I was ever on that list. I'm sure I Shocking. was. Shocking. I'm actually shocked that you weren't. Um, I think I think when they heard the story, though, they probably were like, we're not going to say like, anything. That screams Bernstein. It, like, it, that it just sounds of... like Bernstein. Bernie, I, Yeah. your stories are always incredible, man. I, I love them, dude. I mean, after the Alamo Bowl, Coach White came up to me and was like, hey, Bernie, are, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Coach, I'm great, man. How are you? <laughs> Oh, I wish Bernie. Yeah. I wish it wasn't the before time. I'd go party with you, man. It sounds incredible. We've been partying. You and I partied a bunch. I know, but Great. I miss. I miss it. I'm missing. It. It's been almost. It's been over a year. I feel like I'm missing it. I know. You know, it's funny. Like we sit back and I think about how much fun we were throwing. Um, you know, like little things at Stocko across the street. <laughs> yeah, Nelson. We were... Nelson hit Stocko in the face with a little ball. It was great, and and that feels like ten years ago. I know, and there we were just rifling bar or footballs across Regent Street at another tailgate, hitting Stocko in the face. It was awesome. It was awesome, and slamming the <laughs> and slamming some adult Coors Lights. Oh my god! And that had to be, which is in Wisconsin, it's completely fine. But that was at like seven thirty eight in the morning. Yeah, that doesn't matter. I had a Bloody Mary too. It's all good. And a couple shots of Malort. If if you start with a Bloody, is Bird that the thing even... thing to do? Oh, Matt. Bl- the Bloody Mary is meant to be anytime. It's the anytime well, drink. Morning, noon, night. Doesn't matter. But you, if you start with a Bloody Mary, no matter what you drink after, it's all respectable. Yeah, I mean, you you set yourself up to have a fantastic day, sir, with a Bloody Mary. But if you told me at 10 o'clock in the morning you had 15 beers, I'd be like, whoa, you are something special. Like, either you're but an you alcoholic me, or you're from Wisconsin. But if you told me you started with a Bloody and then had 15 beers, I'd be like, dude, good for you, man. You're doing it right. Sir, where is your monocle and top hat? You sound like an all-class man, lovey. <laughs> Bernie, uh, before I let you go, we thank you for your time. Absolutely incredible. Who wins tomorrow in the Duke's Mayo Bowl? You know, I really hope the Badgers. I would love it. It's a positive thing when you win the bowl game. I think these guys work hard. They deserve it. Their season was not what they all expected. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, we come out. I, I'm just hoping we're competitive tomorrow. This year, I mean, for everyone listening, I know this year sucks. So let's let's get to 2021 and beat Penn State that first game. Yeah. Oh, that'll be glorious. It will. Bernie, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, and a happy, happy New Year. Everything. 20, happy New Year. 2020 sucks, Bernie, but you make it a little better with your stories, my friend. Uh, I, you know, I try. I try. And uh, I'll leave the missus at home. I'll come see you on a flight in Madison soon, or in New York Hurry. soon, okay? Hurry up. All right. See you, brother. <laughs> see you, Bernie. <laughs> Bye, see you, guys. There he is, Matt Bernstein. Wisconsin fullback freaking legend. Always the greatest stories.